0: Faking Notes Podcast coming at you with the lo fi opinions.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> what up, everybody? Welcome to what the Faking Notes Podcast. Faking Notes Podcast. Faking Notes Podcast. Faking Notes Podcast. We got to go so, fast. Go fast. Go fast. Okay. So, so today we are going through doom scrolling. Doom scrolling. Where you <laughs> scroll to doom. To your doom. Yeah. Uh. We yeah. So we start off a uh, in typical fashion, a little heavy, a little deep. We wind it towards positive things and all the joy that is brought to the world. Then we bring it back and we talk about power conversations, the role of the audience.
0: What dump What's your job are is about? as a listener. See, you you get in these <laughs> podcasts for free,
1: but that's what you think. <laughs> we're actually we're farming free. your data as we speak. We're selling it. Give me your data. Give me your data.
0: But uh, uh, joking aside, like we we uh, are super excited. We're in season two now. Like this is it. Hashtag official. It's here. Hashtag official. We crossed a year. Crossed a year, and so we're gonna keep going with more of the Fake News Podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed this little episode. All right, everyone, stay tuned. Stay safe. Now. We are really recording. Actual the
1: recording.
0: Faking
1: notes. Podcast. Podcast. It's the faking notes podcast. Do you Fakie know what notes it is. Podcast.
0: You know what it is. You know why you're here. Do you know why you're here?
1: I I don't know why I'm here. I don't know why I'm here either, bro. I'm still in my room. What is my purpose? Hmm. Content.
0: <laughs> <laughs> is that just how we're gonna open every episode and every episode? We're back because content.
1: We're here we're because back. we have to
0: be. No.
1: <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, bro? I'm doing okay. Doing okay. We're, we're rolling. We're just going through life.
0: Dude, it's like every day is a year. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but
0: Do, do, do you want to start out by talking about that article you sent me?
1: Yeah, so I, I scrolled through the article about doom scrolling, doom yeah. scrolling, bum, bum, bum. and bum, bum. What, what what what's <laughs> the soundtrack to that? Is it a uh, symphony fantastique? So it should either be very classical, very old, or also like doom, where it's just like where it's just super <gasps> loud and just metal. <laughs> Keep scrolling through okay. Facebook. You're really sad. <laughs> and so with doom scrolling, I don't think I have to explain to the audience, but I will because we know if you're our listeners and you're like us, this is what you're doing. It's yeah. it's midnight. You need to go to bed. You've already read an article about how keeping your phone away from your bed and out of your bedroom <coughs> is good for you. But you're, I you're supposed to use it as an alarm. And so yeah. they said to actually get out of bed, you need to put that alarm, your phone, elsewhere. You need to set it down on a table. So you have to get up out of bed to turn the alarm off. You're already out of bed. You're good, you won't sleep in. But you ignore those articles because you stayed, <laughs> up, you stayed up a little late one night and you just didn't want to sit there and you just needed the phone and you had to read. And so your phone's beside you, your excuse is to turn off alarms, So you keep staying up, reading things on your phone, scrolling, and you keep sleeping in because your phone's beside you. So the beginning and endings of your day are just you scrolling mindlessly, reading really sad and upsetting things on social media. That is doom scrolling to where it's this endless cycle of just consuming negative knowledge and negative information right before you're going to sleep.
0: Hmm. In, in, in the search for um, Maybe like a little bit Like that one article You know how it is It's like you're trying to Trying to understand What's going on in the world And you're like Maybe this article Will give me more clarity <laughs> Maybe like If I just read This article About how this is How Donald Trump Really <laughs> Messed up the country Like you'll I solved it guys I know the real issue It's this real negative mental bias that humans have that is primitive but it's being is being no yeah it's being like i'm trying to find engendered is that the right word it's like being engendered through the social media negative Mm -hmm. information cycle that we're in it
1: keeps on going and i think one of the the problems that we probably both fall into is that we're information addicts and we've been talking about this across the entire uh, season one of the Faking House Podcast. But I need, I am addicted to consuming knowledge via the internet. And one of the problems, of course, is that there's no ending to the internet. We've been trying to find it. I've been trying to speed run the internet. I've been trying to consume all of the internet so that I can put it behind me but you don't complete, yeah, but- <laughs> you don't complete the internet there's no 100% completion achievement on the internet it keeps going and it keeps creating and i and i love the internet and so it is addicting to consume all of this information and this knowledge continuously which is a problem when you need to go to sleep <laughs> and the premise yeah. of this article uh, uh we we'll, we'll share it in the description notes it's it's pretty simple you can just google uh, doom doom scrolling it's added to the uh,
0: dictionary now like merriam com. it it is classified doom scrolling it's
1: hashtag official but it's official we, it, it, we've kind of i think i think what it's worried about is uh, I wouldn't quite call it addiction but just this desire to keep scrolling, and particularly with all these negative things, because when you're scrolling through social media, it's not a happiness trip, and so you're you're consuming at the bookends of your day, these these all the problems of the world, and it's just going to negatively affect your mental health. It's going to affect your sleep. It's going to affect everything else around you. So while it, our brain is enjoying this journey of of knowledge of trying to you know under understand the world having our eyes opened to new whatevers any information you're going to consume in that moment is might not necessarily be worth it and the the premise of this article is that while it might you might think you're gaining this knowledge mm-hmm. or some new perspective but that by consuming all of this negative stuff uh, particularly at the end of the day by just scrolling through and reading all the doom and gloom of the world you're negatively impacting yourself and you're actually not setting yourself up to affect any change to that doom and we've we've talked about this recently with our guest to where we're not going to solve all these the world's problems in a day and that you as one person cannot take on all these problems this is a collective issue all of these problems are collective we need all of us and in order to do that you should better suit yourself for this these ongoing battles particularly now with pandemic uh with with race in america if if you yourself are unwell it is going to be hard to to fight in the war if you're not sleeping if you're not taking care of yourself, you're not going to be uh, too helpful of a of a of a soldier. And in fact, you might harm yourself, and that might be part of the reason. And not might that is a big part of the reason why it's taken so long for things to change. Because in America, non-white people, particularly black people, have the system has set up to exhaust them, to beat them down, to keep them anxious, to to keep Uh, Black people tired, busy, unfocused, separated and unhealthy by design. And if you are all of those things or more prone to all of those things or just have a higher percentage of all of those things, how can you go out and affect change? And you can't, it's really hard to fix your situation. This brings up, of course, so many different uh, topics, but a recent example of just, again, Something that was new to me, just these little micro examples of what has been going on uh, between white and black America. And we've talked about this too recently. An example is inheritance and how what a big impact even a little inheritance can go. And you look at the numbers and it's staggering uh, in just if you think about it, you're going through life and you get this little cash infusion. A family member passes, a family member sells their house, whatever, like even that little gap, that kind of surprise influx of money can be humongous. Yeah. And if you pull it and and that can have ripple effects. If someone decided, hey, we're going to Trevor, we're going to give you $20,000 right now. I'd I'd squander it and start a podcast like I did the <laughs> the, the Julio career services Monday but <laughs> like that could have lasting impact you can eliminate half your student debt whatever it is it might not seem much because it's that's not even a sustainable model but any influx of cash can have an effect I would suggest because I'm a financial
0: expert <laughs> <laughs> meaning I live with Winton um, and he's, he's very intelligent when it comes to money management. Um, you want to find a way that your money can grow without your effort, right? You want to, you want to find a way if you get an influx of cash, you put it into an asset, not a liability. So a lot of times people get an influx of cash and they buy a car, which but is the car, worst
1: thing you could ever do.
0: It's a liability. It loses value as soon as it leaves the lot. And then it depreciates for the rest of its life. So whatever you paid for it was the most it was ever worth. But you want to buy things that are going to increase in value over time, like instruments. Why do you think all these rich people buy these instruments?
1: Yeah, or or some of the art. They're investing in it uh, yeah. so that they can you know fund a terrorist organization or, <laughs> oh <boy. laughs> without getting caught. I mean, <laughs> <But> it's... <laughs> it's yeah it's it's a very good point and and it'll, it'll open up other things but just to focus specifically like just guys Google Google the charts we we have talked about Google this the charts Google the charts like the, <laughs> the, the numbers are staggering and you think about it how does inheritance work for it? yes there will be examples of someone not making money or maybe their parents made more money they squander it they can't pass it on to their kids. But it's still a ripple effect, and more often or likely than not, for hundreds of years, over time, these little trickle-downs have gone through white America. And that builds. It builds and builds and builds. And maybe even if they're not spending it, it's security. It's peace of mind. African Americans have not had that opportunity. Great-grandparents weren't making any money. They were slaves. And in, even beyond that, like there or has not even been enough or, time. Yeah, there's but not even been enough time to pass on that inheritance. And even in our current age, the numbers are staggering. And it's just one of those little blimps and examples. Uh, you know, owning property is another topic. Owning businesses it's another topic. Like you can look at all of these charts and numbers that even given the time that's passed, very little has changed. And so a, a very specific one to LA, it was actually a really fascinating article and something I hadn't thought about or noticed. It was talking about, it had some clickbaity tigle, t- uh, title that they, Tigel. I don't even know what that is. Tigle. Um, I, it's it's going to be the either. new social media app instead of TikTok with dancing. Did you hear about the? is like sorry. TikTok of typing where you just watch people type.
0: I would, I would watch that. <laughs> i don't know why i don't know why i would what were you I gonna say there's a uh, I think there's a new social media app for conservatives called portal or something i think i saw that trending on oh twitter recently it's that dude <laughs> i can't even i don't even want to open that dumpster fire bro bro the re- the thing is is like i i don't i i literally i'm shooting from the hip i'm gonna look right now just to make sure i get the name of the app right
1: wasn't it called 4chan
0: <laughs> well, 4chan was a little different because it was just a lot of edge lords just saying, you know, the cringiest things to get a rise out of people, and just have the freedom to do that, right? But then you got sickos out there that are like, "Yeah, I actually buy that." You know, <laughs> you know, I'm actually gonna like see if I can build a community of people that
1: Be- before. Going down the app wormhole because it also, of course, brings up another no, thing yeah, via yeah, yeah. doom scrolling. This <laughs> this article, I believe it was the L.A. Times, but it was talking about specifically L.A. And <clears throat> again, an, uh, the clickbaity title was something along the lines of the racism of freeways. Hmm. And I'm like, oh boy, here we go. Like maybe it's some stretch. And then I read it, and it was a great, fascinating article. And it was talking about which should be obvious, but has, has a lasting effect. It's another one of those smaller, it's, it's big, but a smaller example of just, you know, add it to the list of why black America is disadvantaged. And it was talking about back then when they're setting up, you know, interstates, freeways, all of these highways, these interconnected roads throughout the country and throughout the city. And the most obvious thing is, um, <clears throat> where are we going to put those roads? And so they tore up black communities in L.A. If, if you look at the map, where mm. did all those roads go? Right through black communities. South in, Central. Yeah. In particular, though, I can't, I can't remember the names. It might I think it was Sugar Hill. Mm. Uh, it been an example of, a, it was at the time, a successful uh, middle class black community in L.A. And they just went right through it intentionally just like you can pinpoint accuracy, like intentionally to destroy this community and And yeah and you can go through a fine (laughs) tooth comb i can't remember the name of some of these parks but like uh seneca park is another example where where they they built a highway right through the park they just just went right through it but if it was in a white community they would spend millions and millions to go around the park. And all of these tiny examples, and what does being around a highway do? Sound noise, pollution, all, mm-hmm. all these other little things of just about about being this close to that many cars that add up anxiety, health problems, asthma, <clears throat> you name it. All of these little things that is going to build up over time. If you look around industrial areas, who lives right beside the industrial areas? Exactly. Like, <laughs> and and what is that going to do to you? And so, you know, just in general, a community. You're anxious. You're tired. You're being polluted. You you simply can't. You will not have the mental or physical faculties to fight against these things. So it's just a small example, another uh, chink on the armor that came up via doom scrolling, (laughs) And I'm glad I read it. It's a little, in the grand scheme of things, because of just how horrible everything, it's just another micro example that if you add that in the mix, how can you build an inheritance? (laughs) How can you do all these other things? Uh, Yes, there will be success stories of people who escaped the system. There always will be, but when you look at the numbers. That is definitely the exception, not the rule. And I think that's the hardest part, too, is that we'll see these people who've risen above, who've been great, but you can't expect everyone to come out of that. You're not always going to have, you know, Le- LeBron James had to be the absolute best at what he is and what he does and has to have been a perfect example and still giving back to the community. And yet still, so many people hate this guy.
0: <laughs> Some people hate him. Oh dude, what he's doing with this new media company is gonna be next level. It's gonna be next level. He's, oh, Cause I, I even think BET was wrong. I think BET did not
1: do black people.
0: Um, yeah, when they sold I'm,
1: it. There's going the to be problems. To and I think the biggest issue is of course, because BET has to exist in a in a in a white environment and that's kind of the hardest part that again we bump into it's where do when people who have found success
0: mm-hmm.
1: what space are they navigating so it's it's contrasting uh michael jordan versus lebron like different approaches to where mj kind of disappears essentially we don't mm-hmm. know specifically what he's doing to help the community um that's part well, of his MJ personality just is out for mj then. yeah like that's it's part of the personality and who's giving back, who's doing what. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a different times, so like, but you can see. I think now we've talked about this too, where we're coming into uh, two point of the, the kind of the second wave of generations of white of white kids. So like, LeBron's not the first. When we when we have our second black president, it won't be the first. Like to where we can start to make things feel less novel to where those kids weren't growing up and it was like a new thing to have their idol be a black person right now it's it's it become it'd be it's it's becoming more common and i think that's part of it too is that it's not a new thing like mj there, there's really nothing like it in that environment the other mj michael jackson there was nothing like that person that environment that allowed him to flourish uh isn't isn't going to come back uh, but like now we see it, it'd be it'd be surprising. You even even in Little Red America, those little, 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 little white kids are idolizing black people. Mm hmm. No it's if, it's yeah.
0: it's interesting, though, because look what, bro thank god for doom scrolling because like (laughs) it's turned you into an abolitionist it's like (laughs) like it's 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 really cool look i want to just say something i think i said it before but i'll say it again the fact that white people are like talking about this shit a lot of white people a lot of white people (laughs) and like that makes me so happy because white people can change it this is the stuff we talk about at the cookouts do you understand that meme you get a plate yeah, at, the get a at the cookout. <laughs> because we gonna educate you. <laughs> and so there are people that prove that they're open minded enough about our culture that when you come around the cookout and we tell you about our life and what it's like and how it's not like yours, uh, that we don't want people who aren't receptive to that. So like it's a great honor. So white people out there, your 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 goal should be trying to get a plate at the cookout
1: for real. Like. <laughs> that's when you know trevor <laughs> you're doing good man keep it up <laughs> like I, I i get i get a i don't get an entree at the cookout i get a, a side I, I, dish it's, look my mama my mama's making some cornbread we'll get you we'll get you a piece <laughs> okay we will go wrap it in tinfoil you can be on your way <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you, you can you can watch us from a distance but don't don't you call the police on the cookout like don't you do don't do call don't police. you care um glib dark humor but I think again what what is going on of course with this time and why it does feel a little different and part of it might just be that it's the culmination of several years of videos going back to let's even say like 2013 to where it's in the conscience uh, the zeitgeist Mm -hmm. of America and social media yeah if social media and then the access of everyone having a camera on their phone everyone being able to share it now Mm -hmm. the media environment is, is set up to share other people's generated content. So mm-hmm. they're no longer responsible or in control of necessarily of what gets seen, what goes viral, what uh, of them just having to be there. You mm-hmm. don't need a CNN camera crew to happen to have been at what should have been a minor arrest. It's now uh, Joe Smo with with an iPhone iPhone 11 filming uh, the strategy in HD. And we're all getting to see it. There's less regulation on what is out there. And we've talked about the problems of that, but this is one of the benefits. And it's been going on for a while, even back into the the Arab Spring. Like a direct hmm. example of how what social media and access has done. It has toppled governments. And who knows if it's yeah. gonna if it's gonna topple ours. <laughs> uh, we're we're out here trying. But it's fascinating to me why it feels different. One, I think, is was the, you know, one of the positive, very few, but positive side effects, of course, of COVID. People are at home. They're doom scrolling more. Yeah. Uh, so many people are unemployed. People can go out and protest. It has been made simpler for them uh, by the virtue of losing all of their jobs. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, but also. We can see it in the numbers, and that's probably what gives me a little hope. I have not a lot of hope (laughs) for any massive change anytime soon, unfortunately. But what gives me some hope uh, and what makes this actually seem different than past attempts, than 2016, 2017, uh, when this kind of last really flared up, is that you see it in the numbers. All of the polling data is showing a giant shift uh, as far yeah. as people even just thinking about race. I can't even – I don't, I don't, I don't want to cite specific numbers because I, I don't recall. But it was kind of yeah, staggering yeah. like when people like ranked what they thought about or what they considered in typical Pew polling. So not even just – not political polling, not tied to an election but general polling. White people thought so little about race and then also, also thought that uh, things were equal. Like that, there wasn't a benefit, which is they had a black friend, dude. They had Once they had a had black friend. They really liked friend. MJ. They, you know, they <laughs> they paid a lot of money for Air Jordans for their kid. The kid didn't wear. Yeah, they, um, they 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 get Yeezys. Yeah, they, you know, <laughs> they're woke. <laughs> and um, th- th- but but the the actual numbers it's like change rapidly. Very similar to the general cultural acceptance of the gay community, which again, it's not 100%, it's not close to where we need it to be. But it was a very rapid shift to what became socially acceptable among just the general population of America. And like this rapid shift in a lot of different mindsets is happening now. And you're just seeing people think about it. People think it's a problem. People are changing, going to change their vote based on this. It's reflected in the numbers and what's changing? Well, it's just white America, a percentage of white America, finally just like doing the bare minimum nah. <laughs> of of like processing, like, wait a minute. They've been telling us this, things have been like this Forever. for years and years and years and years and years. What if they weren't lying? <laughs> like, what if this was what true? Concept. And all it took was you know, a couple iPhones and it's pathetic and sad, but, you know, building off of all the things we've talked about over and over and over the at least hopeful sign is uh, I've been just hearing people talk about these things and doing things that have not done them at all in their life before. It was not a top of conversation when you get the white people out at the, the unseasoned tasteless cookout, um, the, the the assembly the assembly of white people, the Eagles concert, um, the Beatles fan club, uh the Mayo uh the Mayo meetup. <laughs>
0: what 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 kind of things would they have in a mayo meetup? Would they have uh, celery
1: sticks? <laughs> celery sticks, some, some um a really carrots, boring uh like stock grocery hummus. Ooh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. To flare yeah. it up. Oh, maybe some ranch.
1: Oh, it's everything smothered in ranch. Just fried vegetables and ranch. That's that's the light made up. But yeah, I never understood ranch. Anyway. <laughs> they were never talked about. When you were sitting at a table with your family, with your friends or whatever, it did not come up. You were too busy talking about, you know, the box office or other boring, boring dumb shit. It is now a topic of conversation across families. Across friends groups, across business conversations, it, it it cannot be avoided anymore. And I think that's what, at least, my first person experiences is that what it, at least from what I can tell, you know, race is a topic in all other communities all the time. You have to have the talk with your kids. Mm-hmm. Watch out for this. Uh, it it is it is on the mind your hands make sure you
0: make no sudden movements you say yes sir you make sure your hands are visible at all times you move slowly and even when they give you an order you ask and repeat sir are you i sir you're asking me to get my license i'm going into my pants right now to get my wallet here's my other hand
1: okay in in an interview Say things like this. Wear things like this. Do your hair like this. You have to do this because yeah. they won't take you seriously or they're going to think this, so you have to be better at this. Whatever it is, the list goes on mm-hmm. and on. But for the first can time I, ever, share something? people can are share talking something? about it. Yes. Um. So
0: there have been a few times that being black has, like, kept me from having a relationship uh one of them being in high school my very first girlfriend her Korean father it's not just white people okay? being mm-hmm. that's the thing is like other people of color do not like black people uh there was a uh, yeah so her father she was half Korean half Thai and her father uh told her that she couldn't date me said she was too young yada yada, yada whatever uh, we didn't listen. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> we dated in secret. He he found out uh, a couple of times. And mm. We just couldn't stop because we really genuinely cared about each other. Um, but it didn't matter. And he took her out of school one day and threatened to send her to a boarding school uh, if she did not uh, break up with me. Two years later, she's <sighs> allowed to go to prom with another guy and he's not black. So it's like, and then in college, I really clicked with this one, uh, this one woman who uh, was very smart, uh, of Indian descent. And we had, we had a couple of really great dates, but then one day she asked to meet me and she told me that we could not date because of her cult. Because it would not be accepted in, right? So and mm. I, I try to like be I mean, I just pl- if you didn't know, I just like played Viola on John Legends album.
1: So like Word. I've been let's take what? a moment to absorb that. What? So John let multiple tracks on John like Legends. Seven recent six album. or seven tracks on Jeez. John.
0: John Legend's album. Awesome. If you go to the credits, I'm just there. It's me. Dude, he's there in the credits, John Legend. I've been working for this my entire life, man. I just,
1: yeah, I just had to take a
0: moment this. to acknowledge this. And what I mean to say is even this is not enough for people. Just because I'm black, there are still people that are going to look at me and are going to be afraid at best and wanna hurt me or prevent me or from joining their family at worst, um, even if you have
1: a connection. So it's it's crazy. It's crazy. Being and That's something I don't have to experience. I never had to combat that with all relationships the families just assumed. They're like, oh did you get oh he gets good grades and he doesn't look like he can fight. So she'll be okay. Like it's Ah! like like he's a weenie, but he 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 laughs at my jokes and is smart. I've never had combative parents. Dude, does uh, does that bother you?
0: Does that bother? Is that why you got funny? Is that the Bill Burr thing? Whoa, heavy, heavy, heavy!
1: Wow, we started off heavy. I, I was warning people of doom scrolling, and then we just doom potted. We're doom potting here. Doom pot. Okay, can we... Let's be fun. Let's be fun. Be
0: fun let's be fun, man.
1: So, guys, we just solved uh, all of America's problems.
0: Oh, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: So, we're done. I think we don't have to t- talk about it anymore.
0: Can I tell you about my, um, my failures? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so ready for this. Can I tell you about my failures? So, I've been trying to do... I gave it a second attempt at growing these radishes, these radish microgreens. <laughs> and I just I overwatered them and I felt it too. See, I'm learning, I'm learning something, dude. There's a pocket to everything, there's a flow to everything. Mm-hmm. And like I always have this voice in my head that's like, you know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't water that plant right now. It looks <laughs> totally fine. You don't have to it's overwater okay, bro. it, bro. But I'm like, no, the instructions say to water in the morning and at night, and I'm gonna do it because I'm f fa- i am I follow instructions. Nah, bro, but like look, the soil's still a little moist. The plants <laughs> look fine, dude. Don't water. I didn't listen. So last night I watered my plants and mold set in. So
1: let's just take a I moment of silence for for days. Microgreens. Bro,
0: I was so close. <laughs> I oh, it's so close man uh i was on day three they they were actually shooting and you could see the pink and stuff oh. i'm close man so,
1: so what are
0: for our audience like why why are you doing this okay so when you're faced with doomsday you kind of question uh like when you're doom scrolling you see articles like the food Supply chain is like in danger. (laughs) And so when you read things like that, you're like, okay, so if that goes down, what happens? You sit on your porch, you smoke a little weed, and you're like, man, if the supply chain of food stops happening, how am I going to get food? How am I going to eat? How am I going to feed my babies that don't exist yet? (laughs) So it's like, oh, I need to learn how to grow food. (laughs) So this is like my dipping my toe and learning how to grow food and in doing it in gardening i'm finding a lot of anxiety relief a lot it's like patience you have to be patient you can't rush it you can't microwave these seeds to make
1: you have to be patient. <laughs> maybe that's your problem you should have microwaved the seeds to prevent the mold. dude
0: i'm trying to get like you
1: and speed run my
0: way to some microgreens did, did you
1: did you command z the uh the microgreens I,
0: I tried to command Z the water output <laughs>
1: but uh it's it's a weird program bro doesn't work <laughs> like that work that's like neat that. i like what you just said i didn't i've never even thought about that specific phrase but that you can't rush gardening cuz there are so many other other activities that there are methods of improvement fast that can speed up the process that are more effective even in music you can improve quickly <laughs> if you do the proper things that doesn't mean more hours practicing but you can effectively improve quickly but even at its best you can't rush the growing process of plants to some degree no animals hormones pump them up uh, feel terrible and then go vegan but (laughs) but plants like you you it is out of your control there's only so much you can push the process before Mm -hmm. that plant is not recognizable anymore so good for you for doing that
0: i'm learning bro and and the thing is is like i do want to like spend less money i also find it very annoying going to the grocery store buying vegetables that only then i get busy and then the vegetables are bad right but if i'm growing the vegetables i'm not wasting money and if they go bad i just put it back in the garden so it's less wasteful it's not going into a landfill either contributing to global warming so i'm like really if i want to be a person who who, who, who like maybe inspires others to uh, understand that we have a world that is spiraling out of control because of negligence, you know, I, I feel like Mindy's making me into a hippie, but it's true. Like we have overpopulation <laughs> from farm to Philharmonic f- from farm to Philharmonic. You know what I'm saying? Like I talk to her all the time and it makes sense. We have so many people on the planet. How are we going to feed them all? Why are we making corporations incumbent? uh, Why are we giving them the responsibilities to feed us, right? It's because that frees up the tasks of being more busy. You can be more Mm -hmm. productive for a company. You can make more money. But does that make us more safe? Does that make us more happy? And then you get into fight club territory and it's like, man, maybe if I slow down a little bit and just feed myself, I'll be more. And then I'll be a less of a burden on my community. I'll be able to contribute to my community more positively. Uh, if we all are collective, right? We have more of a collective. Gene. So I think that if you want to see that in the world, you got to first try to
1: embody it. Well, that's—I mean—our biggest problem and why <clears throat> the U.S. has um, so well handled this recent pandemic and all of our problems. Yeah, dude, we're just doing—you like know—we're doing great. Shutting it down. I looked at the numbers. We're winning. We're winning bigly. High score. We got <laughs> we're running up the numbers on this high score. No one's gonna beat us at no, the arcade. Brazil's trying. <laughs> I Shout yeah, I saw Brazil. that, but you know, who are they run by? Mm, a Trump club, another Trump, uh, fa- uh, fascist role play. But
0: with this, Boris Johnson caught it and he and he's a changed man. He's like, holy shit, wait a it's minute. Like, man, we need
1: this it. sucks. <laughs> it's like, hold up, hold up. I look like a and Egg McMuffin <laughs> brought to life. Like, I need to, I need to change my ways. Shout out to UK,
0: though. They're doing really well.
1: Everybody's ne- doing well except us. Yeah, because <laughs> every, everyone else realized, like, yo, yo, I know I'm a little crazy, but no, nah, I'm not doing this. And then now they're banning us from going to their country, which you can't blame them. With all of these issues, a lot of it can just be boiled down to at our identity the U.S. system has been set up for individualism. Yeah. We were constantly told, you know, we, we idolize individuals. Our heroes are individuals, often for rising above, going against the grain, even though often it's not true. But we we, we praise people. We praise individuals. Um, so many of our idols, it's it's about how much money they made. Or about the greatness of their accomplishments rather than like the greatness of their contributions. And everything we're taught and instilled in us is just this idea of rugged individualism that you can do anything. It's baked into the American dream. I care I think it was a it was an interview with John Oliver when he was first really taking off. Yeah. And Someone had asked him, you know about like how the success he had he had he was finding and how, you know, this goofy, goofy-looking British dude was was having one of the most successful shows on HBO of a late-night show and was doing <clears throat> really like the honest journalism <laughs> and commentary that we need these days, that it's hard to find in actual journal, journalistic out, outlets, traditional journal journalistic outlets. But what he was what was going on during this interview is he was he was talking about just the the benefits and also the problems of the american dream and how that doesn't exist in other countries and how it's led to a lot of success and a lot of successful people here's people here uh, a lot of the things we have are due to some of these people but also with all the good we've gotten from it almost all of our bad has also come through that same channel that same avenue and we, we – the problem is America doesn't want to hear the bad. <laughs> we no, don't want to, really want to tackle the bad. We really like the good. The good feels great. It's what we're taught. It's what World every country does. World War II. We're
2: heroes. Remember
1: that? You remember that? Dude, remember World War Two. Yeah, we came really in there and we kicked bro- their ass after they had already killed each other and weakened themselves. But, you know, look remember at Remember
0: when we stormed the streets of Berlin? Oh, wait. No, that was that was the Red Army.
1: That was, was Oops is oops Oopsies. But we're, we're just everything <laughs> boiled down to this: is this is is the individual, and now we are, we are reaping what we sowed, and that is almost nothing because we we sowed so little, so there's not a lot to reap. When you just look at how stupid the healthcare system was set up, how stupid all these other systems have been set up, and uh, and we just assumed because we were still finding success that everything was okay. We were riding around in a Ferrari body of the car, but we hadn't taken it into the shop ever. We pulled out. It's a 1970-something. We didn't fix it up. The outside looks really great and shiny, but the inside is running on sawdust, and we're out of sawdust. And we were not prepared to replace any of those parts. We didn't save any money to replace the parts. We didn't do any research of what shop to take it to. We never looked under the hood. We just kept going in our fancy Ferrari, and just did we've done no almost no maintenance on this country. Everything has been patchworked and lazy and short-sighted. And here we are. This is it. You get three million dollar health bills that you had little to no control over if you wanted to stay alive. You're getting gunned down by police. You're having no money. You're working harder, better, and nothing's happened. We are all losing except a couple few people because we just couldn't decide to not be selfish or to look out for others have you seen the platform no bro
0: explain (laughs) it's a spanish film um i saw with a friend of mine Uh, and it's in so essentially like it's kind of like a prison and the whole premise is um there are floors it it it's called platform because there are when you watch the movie there are three hundred and thirty three levels of this platform. I think I may have just spoiled it.
1: I've now heard about it.
0: It's okay. It's yeah. Snowpiercer, but in a building. I never saw Snowpiercer. I need to watch Snowpiercer. You should watch Snowpiercer. I know. We we'll, we'll work on it, and then we'll talk about we'll it. We'll trade off. Faking we'll trade notes.
1: Off. Official <laughs> review of Snowpiercer. I'm watching the show uh, <laughs> Snowpiercer now, which is also oh, it's a,
0: it's a movie. It's not. It's a movie? it's a
1: movie by. Uh, Bong Joon-ho the director of Parasite Yeah, and then because of the success of Parasite they bought uh, like TNT bought it's their their headlining show now TNT bought the rights to his concept essentially and now they're making a show and the show's actually good like the first episode I was like uh oh is this just 10 episodes of the movie (sighs) and it's set up like that like it was starting off to be the movie and I was like this is a a massive disappointment and then it switched to their own concept so they're playing in the world they're in the universe oh. snowpiercer universe but they're doing different things and it was a very wide oh. move david diggs is the lead he's he's doing a great job dude uh, i need to get up on this
0: okay so anyways, anyways platform, platform. We'll, we'll, we'll get back to snowpiercer so platform uh essentially you are sent there like the main character was sent there so he could get a degree and he wanted to quit smoking, um, which is a weird thing to do. But he was going to serve six months in this place. This place, the rules of engagement is that you have uh, you have one feeding time per day. And it goes down. It starts up with all this really beautiful food at the very top and then by an elevator in the middle. So the, the thing about this platform is that there's a hole in the middle of the room. You have two inmates on either side of this hole Mm -hmm. and there's a plate. There's like a table that comes down once per day and set inserts itself in the hole that comes from above. And so they make a certain amount of really decadent food that it gets served to the people on the first floor. And it's only a few minutes at each level. And, the thing is, is it's, it's, you know, it's this idea of trickle down. Are you people going to be, are people going to just gorge themselves with that live at the top so that people at the bottom can't eat? And here's the deal. Here's the crux. You spend 30 days at this level. So uh, if you start out at level six, like you're going, you're going to eat well. Right. Mm -hmm. But if you, then the next month are at 202 level 202 there's no food that reaches those levels so what do people do how do people survive for 30 days so that's kind of like the premise and so it gets dark it's really cool though i like the ending
1: the uh, yeah i won't don't don't spoil it yeah i'm not gonna spoil it. same with, with snowpiercer I can't. I can barely say it's so. Everyone, it's a similar concept. It's talking about similar things because again, Bang Joo Ho goes on to make Parasite, which is a masterpiece of commentary and entertainment, and Snowpiercer. It's a little more actiony, thrillery because it's in a more sci-fi concept. So Parasite exists within our world. You can relate to it. It feels close. It's not an action movie. It's who, who, you know it's hard to describe what exactly Parasite I is. Watch it, dude. I still haven't watched it's, it, man. It's I'm beautiful. Such... It's I think it's on Hulu. or something I have like that. Hulu. Yeah, it's on Hulu. You should you should watch it. Pull it up on the nicest TV, and just embrace the art of filmmaking. Embrace but Parasite making. was a little earlier. Why it came back to prominence is, of course, because of the director of Parasite's success, but also. Uh, it was a double whammy in that it also has a Harvey Weinstein connection, and we've talked no. about this uh, week, weeks and weeks, weeks back on the show. But oh, no. uh, Harvey Weinstein, being you know human garbage, uh, a walking pail of garbage, or he can only kind of walk now, a semi walking pail of garbage, a hobbling, <laughs> yeah, a hobbling hobbling gelatinous mass. <laughs> he, he he squashed this film. He. He didn't quite understand it. This film could have had a lot more success. It has a ton of stars: Chris Evans, right, right around Captain America time. Uh, Tilda Swinton. There's, there's a number of people who are in this. Who it should have just had a wider release, mm-hmm. and there were just creative disagreements. And Harvey Weinstein like buried the release. Essentially, it only had a small cult following. No one really heard about it. And yet, by looking at it, it should have been very expensive. <laughs> <laughs> just due to the cast and anytime you set something in a dystopian future it can it can get a little pricey to create an animate a world around these things but it's, it's it's a more direct commentary it's more action it's less nuanced than Parasite but also because it's fantasy you know it has to devote time to explain its world but it's done in just a very both entertaining action packed way while also being very artful like it's it looks beautiful. There's really poignant scenes, poignant moments, the cinematography. It's great. It's it's a nice precursor to Parasite. And you can kind of, when you're following that director on his journey, his artistic journey, to get to winning Best Picture, this is a good stop along the way. But very similar to Platform. Damn. Humanity's done. The world's frozen over. We did it to ourselves, <laughs> kind of like the Matrix. Kind of like the Matrix, you know. We, yeah. we sprayed chemical and the thing. It froze the earth. The world's frozen. And the only people who are alive are on this train. And like this super, uh, just just to tease the audience, super wealthy person called Wilford, He was, you know, a genius and whatever. He foresaw what was going to happen, and so he he built this train that was just going to keep on going forever. And then they looped up a track that would just go around the world, so that they didn't have to stop and over time other trains other everyone dies except the people on this train and why it's a commentary Mm. on class is because it's a very long train and there's the people who paid for the tickets or who invested in the creation of the train these millionaires uh billionaires whoever they're in first class there's a second class there's a third class of workers and then there's what's referred to as the tailies and those are people that rushed to the train in order to be on it to survive. They took over the end of the carts. So there's police, there's survival. It's talking about, it, it tries to boil down the earth into this one singular train or platform, same things. It, so it, it escalates and elevates all of the things we deal with now, the haves and the have nots, control, sustainability, uh, does it all matter? And I, I I won't say anything else because you want to just see the movie, and any other comments we'll take away. I mean, I do. Yeah, yeah. I, I really do. The only thing really about do. it <clears throat> okay. was really seeing, particularly the, the the TV show, the new TV show, you kind of see, because it's 10 episodes, you see, or who knows how many episodes, um, <clears throat> you're seeing the perspective of both sides of the train. So you're getting used to the first class people, their stories, the second class people, and you see how they all interact. And so it's a different, it's it's just a stretched commentary, but the film is much more direct, and what's fascinating, and what kind of elevates it from a standard movie is, is almost halfway through, you're really just seeing the tales' perspective, and their journey to work their way up the train to, you know, stop this, to 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 make change, to take over the train, and you get to see through their eyes, uh, them discover where they were what they were missing out and what was being done to them and why and how other people were living. And so that's one thing that that separates the show from this. And so I thought in the movie perspective, because, you know, they're in the back, everything's dark lighting once they sh- the more further they make it up the train. Uh, the extravagance, the color of this train, it's, it's eye opening to you as a viewer, because you've lived in their dark world. And mm-hmm. seeing their struggles in what seems like a very typical dystopian setting of you know, police state, grungy, nasty food, this, getting beat down. <clears throat> but when they start making it to these first class trains, it's so creative set design wise and mm-hmm. like color and cinematography. You get to see the awe of someone who's lived at the tail of this train in, in oil and filth and drugs and decay walk through a nightclub scene and then walk through a sushi bar and then walk through a school and all these other things and you and they they showed them as they're moving forward kind of just eye opening and so it it really did encapsulate a lot of the prob- problems uh really boiled down to just one whatever 2 hour movie and that's why I thought it was fascinating it was it, it could have just been a standard really on the it's more on the nose than Parasite, but a really on the nose class commentary, which it seems like most of his films are about. Mm-hmm. But it really, it really, it really stood out in this one because it was visual and visceral to to see people and these actors and actresses going through and watching. They made sure to focus on their reaction to what they were going through, let alone just exposing you to the scene. I think that's important.
0: That's authentic storytelling when you let the characters kind of drive the narrative. I think we've talked about this, and mm-hmm. you know, especially with Game of Thrones. I'm I'm definitely interested. In R.I.P. Seeing. Game of
1: Remember Game of Thrones, Drew. Yeah, really sure. that That
0: was like the, the
1: thing we were most pissed off about. Like, we had a listening back attention. when Game of Thrones was like the worst thing in America.
0: Everybody's mad about the way it ended, right? But we, we were, we're looking at, like, the season finale of America, and we're like, yeah. <laughs> wait, are we going to come back with another season? Like, what's... <laughs> yeah, just like, what's coming back? Is
1: this really the ending? Like, I think that's... We'll see in November. Right.
0: In America. We'll see in November. Yeah. <sighs> oh, my right, God. Yeah, it's... Is... Oh, my God. Dude, I, I don't really want to think about... So, Faking Fan, for real. Like, this is our coping mechanism. So we hope we're not freaking you out uh, (laughs) with just like our crazy goofy talk. We're mostly talking shit here. Like at the end of the day, um, I know that there are many responsible adults at the helm. I recognize that there are many responsible adults who aren't at the helm, but are willing to step up on behalf of their communities. And I know that we are all we are all leaders in this change that we want to see in the world. So uh, it's always chaos before it like writes itself uh,
1: in a way that that looks way better than before, and it is something to say, I mean, with all of our faults and the problems uh, going on in the country and the issues with the system, uh, it is actually fairly impressive that this social experiment of putting some of the worst people in charge. That we're still here, <laughs>
0: and, uh, yeah. And I
1: say that both, you know, <laughs> for for humor and for seriousness. And in, in actuality, uh, I, I truly feel that it is actually quite impressive to have done to, to 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 run the experiment of putting one of our worst citizens and surrounded him by his fellow worst citizens uh, to see if the system would collapse. And some things have. We've learned a lot. If anything, it's been eye-opening about the powers that be in in government and what can be affected, what can't be affected. But if you look at yourself, for most people, a lot of their life hasn't drastically changed, which should be eye-opening that maybe all of those critiques of prior people in charge were a little uh, unwarranted, but there are impacts. Hmm. That do affect you, and I think you can kind of see that now, and if it doesn't affect you it's it might affect someone else, and I think that's what we're getting towards this collective this just this idea a little a little more sensitive collectivism or just a moral collectivism that uh, just because you're it? surviving through the system doesn't mean other people are, and we've we've got the videos to prove it, but I will say, and we always do we we mentioned back to it you know things are getting better. And this is a, certainly a, a big nasty orange hiccup, but we'll, we'll we'll know more. You know, tune in. It's a ripple, bro. It's a ripple.
0: Like the fact that people are protesting and a still lot protesting. Of them are white, we're gonna get we're gonna get some change, bro. You gonna you'll you, you gonna get these hands. You know what I'm saying? That's what we're <laughs> telling this government. So it's so- like. They hate that because that means that people are not going to get elected. But, you know, (laughs) this is how it happens. You have the status quo that stays in power for a long time. Nothing really changes. And eventually people are fed up. The young people be like, okay, let us try it. Like y'all don't even, what? What are you doing? Dude, (laughs) dude, we have TikTok now. Like. (laughs) We can do duets. That's.
1: That's what it's yeah. all about. Duets on foreign policy. But yeah. yes, to to discontinue our doom potting. Uh yeah, yeah thanks, thanks everybody, of course, for, for tuning in. This is our essential live recorded uh therapy sessions. So Yeah, this was a this was particularly
0: therapeutic for me. I just miss talking to you, bro. Like we've done a lot of interviews, but we haven't really, you and me,
1: I know kind of aired had out the
0: laundry. So this was kind of like a, uh, you know, we just we we got on the soccer field. kind of was a little dirty. We got back to the house and <laughs> clothes are too smelly. We just got to put them on the porch. <laughs> put them on the porch.
1: I don't know where this metaphor is going, but dude, I'm, it's I'm here stinky, for you.
0: But we got to let it air out, and then we can continue to address it, and then good as new.
1: I think it is. It's been super nice to just have something along these lines throughout all of this, because every every pod for eight, nine weeks we've been talking about uh some of the issues. So it is good to to air it out and just discuss it. And I think that that's at certainly made it a more uh, reasonable and survivable uh ex- experience to be able to bounce these off. And With these conversations, also with all of our guests, so that's something I wanted to point out. It's actually very impressive with all of our guests. So what we were going to do, guys, is before like you know a big launch and a big live party of our season two, our first year around the sun as a podcast, um, well, the world had other plans. (laughs) Needless to say, the country had other plans, and so we decided not to do that. And we weren't, I wasn't going to just you know constantly be posting and promoting. Other people's stuff with so much things going on in the world, but I will say I'm getting more comfortable about um sharing our guest stuff because I've seen what they're doing with their platforms. Mm-hmm. Every single person who's been on this pod, all of our guests has been actively posting, having conversations. they themselves have all seem to have ceased nearly all self promotion and as a collective they have as a collectivism concept they are sitting there and taking their time and energy to promote resources donation links petitions thoughts concerns educate themselves access. they're learning they're and so learning just like hats off are. to hats off to our guests mm-hmm. like they've faking fam inspiring. straight up faking and fam and and to our listeners who have also like reached out uh and
0: for In, real. Like yeah. uh, so many, so many listeners have been reaching out, uh, through Instagram, uh, recently and I thank you, And even Twitter too. Sometimes people will tweet me. It was like, Hey, fun podcast. I'm like, oh my God. Thank you. I really <laughs> appreciate that so much. So, so much. This is like, uh, because I do less social media content. This is like my real project. This is like my real personal thing. With Trevor, and so when you guys like check out my baby, it's
1: like oh, like <laughs> people who listen to this find out more about us and our thoughts and our musings and mm-hmm. our daily lives than anyone else than my family. I'm not calling my family for two hours a week to ramble about this stuff. Uh, I'm not talking to <laughs> to anyone else. Like, Calls me. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm I'm calling Drew, and I'm like, let's record this this very glib this un-thought unfiltered out. completely unprepared unproduced uh, diatribes that will definitely prevent me from ever getting uh political office or a position of of importance and power but hey it was fun and it was honest so we we, we
0: faking notes podcast coming at you with the lo fi opinions okay
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh um,
0: <laughs> what what do we yeah, what do we
1: call it? Or what was because we we floated all these potential taglines way back before, but one of them was just, um, it's it's like highly highly produced low quality content. Or low. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this is the best yeah. low quality content you'll you'll ever hear. Uh, <laughs> oh man, it's like
0: Japanese junk food. It's like kind of nutritious, tastes good, like real ingredients, food, yeah. but it's still junk food. <laughs> You know, they still fried it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but I miss you, you, dude. Are you you. doing... I saw
1: Shiloh. How's Shiloh doing? Dude, he's he's adorable. So Faking Fam, you haven't heard him much because... So I'm crashing with my my future in-laws to ride out this pandemic. Uh, We temporarily moved out of Los Angeles because me and my partner Amy, we... Both are very fortunate to continue our jobs and to be functioning remotely.
0: Save that money.
1: So so we're saving that money, and so we're staying uh, with my future in-laws, who I love, in a a house just outside of Denver. And there's a backyard and a doggy door. It's a small backyard, which is perfect. And a doggy door. And so Shiloh, young Shiloh, first pup of the pod, is living his (laughs) absolute best life. He barely recognizes me or remembers me. He now sleeps. <laughs> he doesn't sleep uh, in Amy and I's room. He sleeps with her parents and the other dogs. Whoa! He's abandoned us. Uh, so I fe- I feed him occasionally just so he remembers who I am and who's boss. But Whoa. no more asking to go out of the bath to the bathroom in the middle of the pod. No more recording. He just goes out. He knows he's a big boy now. Whoa. And so he'll, <clears throat> on very rare occasion, come down to say hello.
0: I saw that occasion and then he walked away. I was like, what's good, Charlie? He was like, Who
1: are you? Yeah, like it's just what? like, Should I look, Uncle Drew, Uncle Drew? And Charlie just like gives me those baby eyes and then just runs up the stairs. Yeah, he's but like, I'm done. He's thriving. He has space. He gets to play with other dogs. He's getting Aww. constant attention, which is also great for my work, because now I don't have to – I'm not babysitting Dude. anymore. I'm not doing um uh daycare. It's no longer a Trevor daycare. So <laughs> But one of the big reasons why we did this <clears throat> uprooting temporarily to ride this out uh, was for him because having to take him out get in an elevator suit up touch this button touch that button it's a safety concern to have to take him out every three hours and then to be around people and to be in close proximity uh, so he was one of the determining factors for coming out here and he's adapted well and the pup of the pod is is thriving, so he is really? over one years old, and we are coming up very close to his, what do you call it? I don't know, adoption day, rescue day, oh, chose him yeah. day. Uh huh. We're coming up close. I believe it's July seventh. next week is wait is that next? Yeah, week? Yeah. What are we, when are we coming up? It was on twenty sixth. Like no, next? couple. It's gotta be couple. close though.
0: Uh yeah, dude. It's like next. It's the mon. It's the Tuesday after next.
1: Yeah, so we'll have to throw him a little Whoa. little puppy party.
0: Hell yeah, dude.
1: You got to put on, his, on his birthday. It, we, we took him to the or the birthday we chose for him. Uh, <laughs> the we took him at Starbucks, they do those puppuccinos. Uh huh. And I was like, Oh, this is so cute. Uh, these dogs love them. Like, what do they do? It's just whipped cream. That's it. That's, uh- that's, that's all you, you and I could eat a puppuccino. Like, that's okay. I'll get a puppuccino. Where's your dog? I I thought about that I asking for two and then me sitting there, me and him just like eating the same food. We still make his food and I can technically eat it. So that's also weird. I was I was like, this would be great content if I if you just see him like scoffing down his food and you look over and it's me also
0: eating it. Yeah, because we we make his doing the same thing.
1: We make his food, that bougie little dog. So he's living in a palace, he sleeps where he wants, he gets what he wants. He's well fed and he eats, a, he eats better food than me. So
0: aside from eating that toy, I would like to be <laughs> reincarnated as Shiloh food. Can you imagine?
1: Gosh, constant care stare
0: cut open
1: and, and, he, and, he you know, he, he doesn't even have to do his own social media. He just gets photos taken above all the time. He's a thought. He's a thought. My, My got phone a nice body. My phone is nothing but this dog. It's, it's Out of control, he's ripped,
0: dude. You take <laughs> yeah, good he's full, he's full. He's,
1: he's beastly, I think. I mean, it's because we feed him and he looks healthy. He's he's a he's a beastly little dog, conveniently. Yeah. It's you know, he gets it after his father. That's that's what I'm thinking. Uh- <laughs> he just naturally jacked, you know, good for the ground. Uh, so he, he can he, fight too. He's really smart, yeah. He can fight, yeah. he's got he's got teeth. With, with good grip, he's got good grip strength. It's just like Trevor. Just, have
0: you have you had a DNA test, Trevor? Have you...
1: <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. It's like there's no <laughs> way that dog, uh, there's no way that dog came from you. <laughs> dog looks
0: awfully like the Postmates oh. delivery guy from. Uh, dude, have you been seeing those robots with the uh, the Postmates robots?
1: I've I've seen commercials of like FedEx robots. I've not seen any food delivery robot
0: yet. I have seen some in some friends in LA in their stories. Uh Brian King Joseph uh Mar- I think Maria M had mm-hmm. one. She's in New York. New York. She she was showing one. I was like, "What?
1: Huh? Future. We should we should have dragged her on the pod. Maria? Mhm.
0: Oh, hell yeah. I can get her. I yeah, can get we her. Should have dragged she her on. Well, Cuz she was
1: yeah, with we Sarah tried. Sarah bur- 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 Burrellas, 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 uh, yeah Bor <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> it's okay. Saturday yeah. about loud. I just read it. it's being a lot of a lot of
0: stuff, yeah, Sarah Borelis. So I think, um, she was very busy cause, like when I went to go see her at Hollywood Bowl, see that show,
1: they literally got on the tour bus like after so you telling me, I mean, she was all over the place, but I'm always watching her vegan cooking. Vegan life. That was a... Gr- Did a dope tour with someone who seems like super nice. And they take care of you. You're fed. Getting get on a tour DM. bus. Get a tour bus.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I like I was on a tour bus where it was a charter bus and we would go across the country.
1: <laughs> We'd have a 12-hour bus ride. Yummy. You, you just got to get on that uh, John Legend live tour whenever that happens. In the year twenty twenty four, when we finally resume, can we? Can live we? Concerts. Can we? Like,
0: put this into the universe to happen, please. Yeah,
1: that would be insane. It should happen. It insane. should happen. I mean, you're not, now that you're on the album, uh, bro. What do you think this
0: means? I don't know what this means, Trevor. I don't know what this means. I've never had something like this.
1: What? Just this
0: like I've played on albums before but it's like one or two tracks and it's like man it's
1: not actually a part of the texture you know in in this And same listening way. to that track oh my god it's popping it is a, it is a feature not a bug i i cuz i of course watched the video that he was sharing yeah. around with Matt all the Jones. all the strings playing and that's Matt, Matt Jones, Jones. cuz i knew i recognized him cuz he Matt did Jones. the uh all the stars uh, yeah like kind of like like a, a, a string version of all the stars from Black Panther, yes, and Kendrick, yes. and that because I remember I remember seeing that when that was going around because I was obsessed with that song uh, for a very long time. Lion King too, and he does Lion King, and so seeing him with with the Hans, uh, oh, which was which is pretty dope. Oh yeah, and well, so Hans
0: like Winton. We're gonna get Winton on the on the pod. He'll tell the story because Winton was in the studio. He was there. When Hans had his arm around Matt Jones and gave a big old speech about how he's like the next. So Matt Jones, shout out. We need to get him on the pod. He's out here in L.A. Uh, But yeah, I talked to him and he. he, You know, I get kind of nervous. Let's go. And that's what a lot of our friends say. So Yeah.
1: Well, if you think about it, we're not prepared for that. And plus we. (laughs) Since we actually record ourselves a lot, we 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 know to be afraid too. So even all that training, it's it's kind of like you hear about some of those great <clears throat> the great pianists who had just crippling performance anxiety. And you think about it, they'd be playing 60, 70 concerts a year in, in huge places like Carnegie Hall. And they'd be throwing mm-hmm. up backstage before going out. So yeah. one of the issues actually, too, is that you were <laughs> we're we're very aware of being in the public eye. I want mean, I want to call my audience of twelve public, but uh, we're we're aware of being on a stage and that the stage mm-hmm. fight is very real because of all these other built up fears. We've done it enough, and you think that would lead to great performance, but in music, there's something weird about it too because you, you see a lot of athletes and they they're fearless. They can shoot that free throw. It doesn't matter what's going on behind the board. It doesn't matter how many naked people blow up, Uh. bobbleheads, ridiculous (laughs) signs, noises. They make the free throw. They're able to tune it out. Oh, yeah. But yet, actually, I think I know why. Why? So sports, there's an end goal. You're there for your team. That's your focus and your communication point. In music, yes, you're communicating with everyone on stage, but you're also trying... The whole point is to connect and communicate with the audience. They are part of that collaboration with you, and so your active, your reception from them is part of the en- enjoyment process and part of the final product. And that doesn't discount the role of a crowd and an audience. We're about to find that with all of these sports playing without audiences in the stadium, or in or on the outside of the arena. Yes, crowd noise, pump, home field advantage—all those things does have an effect. But maybe it's the balance of that. Like these athletes mm-hmm. will still perform very well mm-hmm. and probably will have similar, if not slightly better numbers, performing and doing cool. their, their sport, their craft without an audience there uh, because they've trained so much on tuning out external forces. Where musicians, we do, we, I don't spend time tuning out the audience. I want to embrace the audience's reaction. Like maybe maybe it's just a matter of percentage. Like the audience is just a bigger percentage. Uh, Like performing theater to no one. Like imagine that that's that'd be very hard. When they're doing these tapings of of musical theater or whatever live performance, there's there's often an audience in there. It's a different it's a different mindset mentality that we've always been prepared for going in and performing for people. That was. The contract we signed is going in to entertain people live, but in these new recording environments, in video environments where we're not doing our craft, where we're talking, oh god, we haven't been prepared for talking and thinking about things. I mean, just listen to this podcast. We're talking ah. about we're talking about whatever for <laughs> yeah. seventy-five hours, I and know. and it's taken us, you know, time to to get comfortable with that, to adapt. Yeah, we, we still have
0: 9,900 some hours. We got a lot of hours, so a lot got, of rambling. We got folks, plenty buckle of time. Up. One thing that I would definitely say, um, you know, this imposter syndrome, I've been fighting it for a little while, but I'm feeling a lot better recently mm-hmm. because I'm journaling more and I'm contemplating more and meditating more. And I'm like, oh, wait, but I've been doing this shit like for a <laughs> while, right? I've been doing uh-huh. camera stuff, I've been doing. Uh, even performing, 21 year old Drew is not the same as 28 year old Drew. I will tell you that unequivocally um, because of the experiences that I've gained. Like, to your credit, when you were talking about performing for zero people, since leaving Juilliard, and when I graduated Juilliard, I probably had like how many recitals? Like, maybe four yeah. in my entire life. <laughs> Four, like, total, like, big boy recitals. But now, like, you know, after performing on, you know, uh, cruise ships, having to talk to audiences, literally doing hundreds. I think on my first contract, I did over 330 concerts.
2: On my second
0: contract, I did maybe... So if I was there for a month, 30 days, I did maybe 75 concerts. So... You you understand what it's like. So when you're a freelancer, you 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 will play for zero people. It, it has happened. <laughs> yeah, I've done it. I've done group muses for two people, and made enough money to get some gum. You know, from a dude who's selling loose gum. I was like low end <laughs> from yes. a from a pack. You know, he's like, yeah. give me twenty five cents. Okay,
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> untaxed gum untaxed gum hopefully he doesn't get strangled to he doesn't death. get uh illegal chokeholded and videoed and then that guy who took the video gets processed and go to jail and then no one goes to jail and then nothing happens Yeah, nothing happens
0: uh anyway can't breathe anyway <laughs> but what i'm saying is like i know what it's like to not make money i know it's like to play for zero people and there is a big difference what you were saying is like when you play for people when you play for an audience there's a level of electricity that you can hijack as a personality on stage. Like people, when you stand on a stage, they cede a little bit of power to you. So you can shy away from that power or you can give you can harness it and give it back to them. And then there's this symbiosis
1: that happens. And I think that's what you're kind of talking about. And it's that enthusiasm. I I, I love yeah, a couple a couple things. <clears throat> I mean everything everything you said in that. And I think it was a good way to distill my prior rambling. A big part of what's going on too with artists being uncomfortable is we've been letting our art, you know, the hopeful task of like having the art speak for itself. Yeah. And now <clears throat> I think it's just harder for that to be <laughs> – to get that across. Like now we need both our art and us to speak for ourselves. It's the social media age. We're not having a lot of managers and agents running around. We uh, we were taking matters into our own hand and there's a lot of difficulties with that. There's a lot of cons, but there's also a lot of pros We get more control. And I think one of the benefits, though, is that we have to we have to learn more about ourselves. We're representing ourselves. We're putting out our image. We need to know more about ourselves. And even and like that's just at a personal mental level. We have to find out We're, we're making our artistic statement. It wasn't poll tested. We need to find out our own artistic statement. And put energy into that. And just at a more technical, practical level, things like the like doing podcasts and interviews and videos and all those concerts is that it's it's your practice. It's prepared you to talk to the audienceless lens, to know, to to improve at that aspect, to yeah. to be a better interviewer and interviewee, to be more comfortable on camera. I'm more comfortable talking to people because of this podcast and it's not by doing it it's not the amount of hours the the biggest bump has been having to listen to it and edit it and that's probably and that's probably (laughs) where it came from with you for videos is that if you yes you would improve some Mm -hmm. as far as like effective practice you would improve some if you just let the camera roll and then just slung it up there we would improve some if we just set the mic let it roll which we do but then just post it live and never listen to it ourselves. We have to consume our own product. Some are editing it, some just to understand it.
2: Uh,
1: I've done some recent, because of this COVID situation, more live stream things, joining in, talking about past projects or going on other people's pods for interviews. And I'm proud of you, bro. I'm really proud of you. I'm proud of you. I mean, we're doing it. And what I like about it, what I think is different now mm. than... That 21-year-old Trevor is that I listen back to it to see how it turned out I review the tape <laughs> I, I do the self-tape it wasn't oh that was it, I didn't like listening it was torture to listen to past recitals and notice mistakes oh, still is yeah I don't want to I don't want to listen to the recitals I I kind of check I'm like hey is this recording salvageable for you know 2007 YouTube with this though and with the other things becoming more comfortable with putting things out there that might not be perfect knowing that's part of the process mm-hmm. but also learning from things taking notes i listened back to the interview and i try to think how does how does that compare like what were the different nervous tics we've talked about this you know how auditioning is is a different like how is auditioning different from the recital, which is different from the orchestra concert, which is different from the group muse, which is different from performing for family. Like you get different nervous tics. Um, Some things will go better than others in different environments. We've talked about that. And I think it's very similar here. How, how How do I speak? How do I act? How do I say things differently on these different formats? Well, each time I'm talking to a microphone, whether the camera is on, whether I'm getting the interviewer, the interviewee, I'm learning these different quirks. So it's just like these, the differences in music performance, when there's an audience, when there's not an audience, uh, when I'm teaching, when I'm doing a podcast talking about other things, mm. uh, it was enlightening. So doing that interview, I noticed improvement across the board, but there was, there were some new tics, there were some old habits that creeped in, whether it's verbal fillers, whether it's not finishing sentences Or finishing thoughts and the difference between now and past Trevor, past Drew or whatever, is that we're looking at it and assessing it with a more honest and caring critical eye. To where I'm not beating myself up for, oh, I'm not only focusing on the mistakes, but I'm trying to look at things honestly, like, oh, I can prove it this. Oh, this, this gets a pass this element is something i'd like to work on and so then actively taking down some notes learning from the experience and then trying to apply that which is what we we talk about doing in music but now we're getting old enough we've put in enough time into music uh, to now take the the framework of improvement and putting it elsewhere whether it's that's what you do finally working on the website whether it's this that or the other it's you know, yeah. coming to terms with fear, being okay with it, and knowing mm-hmm. that you have to, you got to face that in order to actually improve and actually overcome.
0: My God, there's, that sounds so familiar to, uh, to something that, uh, what's her name? Is, I want to say her name is Bethany Stanny, the author of uh, uh, Overcoming Under, Barbara Stanny. Sorry, it's Barbara You've Stanny.
1: mentioned I need to read this. You've mentioned
0: it. It's me. really good. It's, I mean, look, I'm, I'm reading like 12 books at a time. Like I just try to grab a little here, grab a little here, but hashtag that,
1: read, homie, read,
0: read, homie, read. And I'm going to be, so, you know,
1: about that, right? Yeah. So I saw that. That's, that's a that's, great idea. That's a wonderful idea. <sighs> I Sometimes group sourcing, <laughs> it's like a real male. It's like some of the other hashtags. Sometimes the audience knows best. They're the ones who has to listen to us.
0: Oh, look, and I mean, I think it's it's great to like give people an opportunity to like uh have a conversation about something that's gonna improve their lives. And mm-hmm. one of the things that uh is often talked about when it comes to accumulating more wealth, it's the negative emotions that one has associated with power and wealth. Mm-hmm. And Many times we have these negative associations with those things because the readily available examples are people who abuse it. Just like with anything in life, it's the negative that rises to the top. So a lot of growing your business, growing your brand, growing whatever it is you're trying to do. It requires that you address your own demons, and that's why you see all these successful business people exercising, eating right, because they're not different from you. They're just trying to equip themselves for the war with art.
1: Oh, oh
0: another book! I another just linked book! Two books together. Read, homie. Read, art, read, homie. Read. But it's true. Like you gotta, you gotta give yourself the fighting chance to beat your own shadow down or not beat it down but to embrace it accept it and move past it in spite of the fear in in spite of the the negative outward universal reflection i'm
1: going to be we'll we'll talk more about it later but i'm going to be doing more with angela Beaching and and her just you know to invest in growth to put the money where the mouth is but she keeps referencing the shadow And like when it, when it comes to addressing your artist statement to your buyer, to your website, to how to put yourself out there and prove yourself, a lot of what she's been recently talking about specifically is how to uh, understand and embrace your shadow and to, and just through that, that's how you're going to uh, finally get past these barriers that have been uh, holding you back. But one of the things I thought was really interesting too, concerning power, and so you had mentioned <clears throat> like a lot of successful people have embodied some of these characteristics. And for those who have become successful and then fallen, it's because while they might have done all these positive things, they never addressed the darker side of things. And that's conflicts that follow them. So often – and often they're paired. So for example, uh, a Bill Clinton. Uh-oh. The same uh-oh. the, the <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh uh-oh uh, this but but he's what he's a, a really good example is that the same mentality energies charisma uh connections to people the same driving force his his need for attention and and growth and all these a uh, same uh, for a lot of his positive attributes that led him to become the president is the same exact driving force that led him to to have all these corruption problems to stand up for people he shouldn't have stood up for to be a power-hungry blowjob machine uh, while being present, to be the most powerful person in the planet. It's hard for us to conceptualize how someone, when they achieve such success, whether it's Bill Clinton or any of these other super mega billionaires who go around and Robert Kraft getting uh, happy massages in a strip mall in Florida, and yet he's got a billion dollars, owns a successful NFL team, the most successful NFL team, and he's, he's going around doing shady crap is is because not addressing these demons. And I, I can't remember, there's some example, uh, it's another one of those books, but talking, it, it isolated specifically powerful people who've, who've done some good things and have avoided the dangers of power. And we have the data. The more powerful you get, often the less empathetic you get, the less understanding you get. It happens with age too. Uh, there's all of these things that we know happen naturally and so by being aware of them and and setting yourself up to address them, uh, you can you can be a better person. You can go through and adapt. You can be aware. So one example would be like Abraham Lincoln, obviously, obviously not perfect. But how did he obtain power the most at the time? <laughs> yeah. almost Yeah, at the time <laughs> I'll he was, take what I can get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like at the time we'll take is not perfect. No. Free me, white boy, please. <laughs> <laughs> but but abraham lincoln one of the th- the <gasps> things this author used as an example for how he subverted the a lot of the dangers of power mm-hmm. is that he stayed close to the suffering that was the phrase that was used he 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 maintained empathy because he didn't he didn't shy away from the troops he didn't shy away from other people's problems he he mm-hmm. was surrounded by The conflict, and he made sure to stay close to it so that he understood it. Uh, Similar with a lot of the other George Washingtons, that's what separates him from a Stalin, from a Hitler, from a uh, I'll throw his name in there, from a Trump. In that they don't get close. When when Berlin was getting bombed constantly, constantly getting bombed under constant threat, they hid that from Hitler. He had the curtain. Except he was in a bunker. He had the, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Well, but. they threw him in the bunker, but <laughs> instead of like standing there facing it, uh <clears throat> um uh Churchill in it or whatever, instead of like Alexander the Great in it, leading the charge, being out there, being a presence because understanding the power. Alexander the Great is a great example. A great he example. talked He's to the troops, the he made sure that his troops were well fed. When he was going into battle, he was there with them, they respected him, they'd die for him. Lincoln is, is a more modern until comparison. he took it too far. That's one thing that we don't
0: talk about with Alexander the Great is he did take it too far.
1: Yeah. That's why and I don't he think they mentioned him in the book. Desertion. But uh Yeah. <laughs> but but um just as an example, like they, they stayed close to the suffering to always understand and be empathetic and to know who their decisions were affecting and how they're affecting it. And you can see the failures in these people. Hitler was elected. He rose to the top. But he, he he ignored. He was he actively spent time to ignore the problems of his people, the harm he was causing. And that's when these dictators. He wasn't fall.
0: president of all he wasn't yeah. there for
1: all the people. That's the key distinction, right? He didn't want to see it. They hid he didn't it from want to see him. It for the all curtain people. was over the limo. He wouldn't look at they wouldn't look out the window to see the destruction. Of berlin and that he was causing by not surrendering the starving of his people uh they people when they turned a blind eye to the suffering uh it it, it was a failure and so uh, uh bringing it back into artland, a great yes. example of someone who was thriving who's very powerful uh i think you had directly mentioned you know talking about people who either for their own self improvement, self understanding, but who played to crowds of zero know what it feels like. The Rock. <laughs> oh, the man. The man. The Rock. So, in hearing interviews with him, and you can kind of see he's very charismatic. Obviously, he's swole as fuck, and has such an interesting <laughs> story and highly paid actor. All of this, he I, I think it was in a like a Colbert. Stephen Colbert interview, it was neat hearing his backstory and how he was, he was used to performing for audiences of none. He was doing amateur wrestling, which is, of course, dangerous, and for in parking lots of like used car parking lots, like tiny, tiny things starting out. And I, I've seen a lot of other celebrities like that, when you can kind of tell the difference between those who, who you hear about, who might... Who who you might might be on the fence. You're like, are they actually nice? Are they just guarded? Are they confused? Are they angry? Like, how did they get there? And then you see others who you know, even even in mega stardom. Well, no no one's going to be perfect. We will not understand celebrities and celebrity cultures and the pros and cons of that. That aside, some of them you can just tell are genuinely nice people. Are Tom Hanks, The Rock is a great example, and I think it's because he he always remembers where he he came from he goes on national television and it wasn't like a and it's not always told in the context of hey look how how far i've come or yay me i rose up that rugged individualism i i really think it was it's from a standpoint of reminder and empathy to be like i'm probably not that much of a different person now than i was then the only thing that has changed is my position and environment and my power. And he still remembers what it's like to perform for no one. And some of these people, they can still they still recall their lowest points. Look at the success of Dave Chappelle now to prior quote unquote trip to Africa, Dave Chappelle. He's 12 he, years, he, bro. Yeah, 12, 12 years, years of disappearing. And he left it all on the top. Go watch the shows, he'll talk about it. But he mentions how and what that did to his his psyche and how that was good for him and, and playing in the darkness of getting everything you wanted and then realizing that's not what you wanted and leaving it, realizing the problems of getting what you wanted. And celebrities aside, I think these are just a few examples of how staying connected to people, staying connected to people's problems can be a benefit to not, but, but wow! with all of those examples, Dave was going out having fun. The rock is lifting weights. He was still, he still rents out a warehouse and goes Building and businesses. picks up those, those, those metal chains runs, works out, still works on himself. Like, like all, of, like some of these people, these successful models, yes, they're not perfect though. They're, they're humans. They're living in these societies, but some of the things they do uh, is, is, to to kind of keep them human is a big part of it and for me i'm i'm thinking it's going to be always talking to people conversations taking that phone call replying to that chat i don't know who this person is i'm not expecting a return or help but like the devotion of conversation commitment and empathy of listening and understanding i think that's very important to that when when and if power happens that you don't suffer the negative consequences to get too caught up in yourself or what you're doing. Staying close to those who don't have power. God damn, bro.
0: you That was beautiful. Yes. I couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. I have nothing to add other <laughs> than um, I'm in awe of the way you put that together, man.
1: And we've been hinting at this a lot, and I'm sure I paraphrased. I did nothing original, no original thought. And it was just paraphrasing other great. This is a conversation, people. though. But that's that's what that is. That's that's what we're going for. So Can we extrapolate it. Can we extrapolate just
0: a little bit? Just a little bit. Just a little bit.
1: Okay. On 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 what
0: particular aspect? On just- on on that aspect of conversation being the key to connection right Not not only to yourself but connection to people who are less fortunate dude when you're not talking you're fighting have you noticed that when the when the peace talks stop that's when misunderstandings that doesn't mean you to... have peace. That's a,
1: that's a, that's a really great, that's a great way to put it too. <laughs> yeah. When you're mm-hmm. not in peace talks, that means you're in war. There's, there's really no yeah. in between. And I think why, what we've gotten to by the end of this, this episode that's covered so many different things, it really all boils back down to communication in the context of power. The opening talk about the issues between, uh, in in the two Americas conversation, once one side is finally uh, at least appearing, joining the chat. Appears <laughs> white to, people join bo-bing! the chat. White people racist. have left the chat. Like this. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they're finally at least in the conversation and uh, trying to have that conversation. Yeah, and it's not a moment of pat, a pat on the back but it's i mean damn like it's the bare minimum and at least that's being trying to be met but going on to to power to how we ourselves uh address things i think just keeping active conversations and so we 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 won't keep going going on and on for for everyone here you play bassoon i play viola
0: and we can't fight yeah we we can't fight so we We can't fight dude we can talk
1: but we can talk conversations with the audience conversations with your family (laughs) conversations when you're in power or without power i think trying to communicate uh, is is going to be our saving grace it's why the human civilization has turned out the way it has all pros and cons it is it has been our positive benefit it has kept us alive it is it has taken us to the powerhouse that the human species is on this earth and with that has come all of our that same conversation has brought up a lot of our negative consequences so i think what we're going to go through keep addressing this we want to communicate with you, listeners, if you've made it this far into the podcast, if you joined us recently, God bless you. God bless <laughs> you. You need someone in power to k- talk with to to, to work out uh, everything you've heard. Um, so, w- but we we want we're, we're still actively trying to find a way to communicate with you because while we're having a conversation between us two, we want to open it up to the audience, uh, the listener. And we we don't want you to just be a passive participant. We're gonna we want to find ways. Don't talk
0: to us. They're talking to us. It's okay. Actively
1: actively talk to us.
0: We won't we won't bite. Okay, and and I think they will. (laughs) We just have to keep going, bro. Like here's one thing that I can tell you from YouTube. Uh, I didn't really get comments until about a year in. Like not really. Mm -hmm. I really but I answered every goddamn one of them so i think it's important (laughs) and just like realize that as we you know implement more uh of the audience into the show as we're already doing you know we just Mm -hmm. had a a listener boutique paul on the podcast you know we've done a couple of listener mail episodes um it's happening so yeah uh,
1: it'll continue to happen we're gonna keep happening you're gonna talk to us whether you like it or not that's power that's power (laughs) Power. That's All right, power, baby. so so power everyone, uh, this is the end of the Doom podcasting. Uh, let's return. You can go back to scrolling. Uh, please yeah. stop, but we know you're gonna go back to scrolling. And we'll, you know, as usual, stay safe. We'll be Keep here to pick up the pieces when you get back. Okay.
0: So, All right, man. You know, I miss take you. care. All right, I miss you too, buddy. Peace. Everyone, stay safe. Peace.